do you agree that you know it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility even for our ancestors that did not know any better been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation <laughs> Well, it's another Wake Up with KC, and I am truly honored, humbled, and excited to talk about making contact with highly evolved beings, extraterrestrial beings. What if they're trying to communicate with us, and are they already doing that? Have been for centuries and thousands of years. I have a special guest, and it's an honor to have Alan Steinfeld with us today. Alan, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us today. Well, I appreciate your enthusiasm, Casey, and all the people you've worked with. So it's great to be here and um, start to talk about what I think really matters, our future, human civilization. Where are we going? Why are we here? And what are we supposed to be doing? Those are the questions. Yes. And I've had the similar questions of why we are here. And, you know, that's how my journey began. And I just, you know, ask a question and I start questioning everything. And then I've discovered and realized there's so much more that we don't know. We don't understand. But yeah. it's been written even through back in history and time, as far as, you know, 95,000 years ago, there's been symbols, there's been drawings, there's been things, you know, that you can only see from the sky. Mm -hmm. It's all here telling us to wake up to the bigger reality, right? It's all here. Stonehenge, the pyramids, the great civilizations, the Egyptians, they left markers for our evolution and yes. the fact that we have not are not alone and we've never been alone and we're part of a greater cosmology we're not a freak of nature life is not an accident right i i'm right there with you alan and i think that there's like limited beliefs mental programmings of you know thinking so small minded and, and believing something that, oh, because this is written or this is how it is. And it's, you know, to me, it's a little bit hypocritical to just go by, oh, this is what it says. This is supposed to be the word. And I question like, well, wait a minute here. It, I, we, I'm sorry, you got to be stupid if you think Adam and Eve were the first human beings on this planet. Well, you know, everything is symbolic. I don't think whoever wrote that intended people to take that literally. I mean, maybe they did, but I think it becomes dogmatized into religious beliefs that you can't question. And the world is made of symbols and relationships and metaphors that's why poetry and songs and rock music it's all about 
this kind of symbolic reality that we are living in. And so what was taken as fact, Adam and Eve, was really to show us something about ourselves, right? You know, our loss of innocence, our gaining wisdom by being thrown out of the garden when we're born. You know, we're living in the womb in paradise and suddenly we're in the world. And, uh, you know, so we have to look at all those texts, not as facts, but as mythologies that have relevance to our lives. So, and we have to be careful not to create another mythology about ETs, you know, there's, so in my book, I got my book right here, my book, did you, did you get to look at any of it? No. I read uh, from a few excerpts from George Morney. Morney, I have a hard time pronouncing his word, his last name. George um, Morey? Yes. George Morey wrote the forward. Yeah. There is. Um, oh, that right. My interview with Deepak. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you listened to my interview with George, which was great on Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. And um, so. You know, there's something out there for sure, right? I mean, we are being visited. That is a fact. The government has has attested to that. But we don't know what it is. We don't know who these beings are, where they're from, or why they're here. We can guess. We can, until there's like no more secrets, it's all out on the table. We don't want to keep making other stories up. So let's just stick with what we know. There's something visiting us. I've had dreamlike experiences where I've interacted with these other beings. But dreams are so strange anyway. So I'm pretty sure we tap into other realities in our dream worlds. They're not just psychological manifestations. They're actually doorways to other dimensions. So would it be safe to say, Alan, that, you know, when it's an astro, astro travel, astral projection, because you're a spiritual being, a sexual being inside of a human being. So when you're at, when you're not busy, 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 busy in the outer environment of what your day to day thing is, and then you go to bed at night and you're always like have an open mind and an open heart to, and you start asking yourself, well, is there more to life than this? Is there, you know, then that's like an invitation. And then when you go to sleep, you're at rest. You're not thinking about everything when you're fully at rest and you go into that theta or gamma state, that's when your soul decides to, hey, I want to go experience this dimension. I want to go meet this person or this being. Exactly. Dream, you're just, your soul leaves. It, wa- it wants to expand. It wants to experience other things. And the only way it can is when you're sleeping. Right. It returns the Aborigines. I went to study with the Australian Aborigines in Australia about five years ago. And they say the, the, the soul returns home in the dream time. The dream time is essentially their religion. They don't worship a god or, or anything or nature even. They, they are, they're spiritual beings. And dreaming is their temple 
of knowing. So when we dream, according to some of them, it's like we return back to the place where we came. That's why we're energized when we have a little sleep because we have left, replenished ourselves, refreshed our, our energetic field because it's the energy we are. We're, we're the body, but we're the energy in the body. And when the energy body has a chance to return home, get refueled, then it could come back fresh and awake and ready for the adventure of this dimension. That's and, what I see. And I love your, your perspective on that. And then, you know, to me, I, I saw this, you know, little quote. It's like we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. And right, when right. you're, I guess when you awaken and like God realized, so to speak, of your spiritual uniqueness or your spiritual being connected to that, that's yeah. when, because the extraterrestrial beings, from my understanding, can sense and feel that frequency with us. And that's when they start to communicate like with Daryl Anka. Yes. Who channels. And I so relate to that because I've discovered I'm channeling to these beings. Oh, you are. You're channeling yes. beings. Who are you channeling? I don't know the language. Okay. It, they're different. There's um, angels. They operate in a, uh, a frequency. And then there's ancient civilization beings of old, like old uh, wisdom, uh, knowledge, uh, the language. And then there's these other beings and their frequency is so much higher. And I'm recognizing well, when they're masculine and feminine. And I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. Yes, that is what our minds, our consciousness is capable of multi-dimensional awareness. And I'm glad channeling is such a big part of today's conversation with a lot of spiritually awakened people because um, we're always channeling. We're always tapping into the infinite. We are, you know, we what is coming through your body? You're channeling this energy of that consciousness in that body. You're actually channeling it. It doesn't not coming from the body it's like a radio receiver you if you opened up the radio you're not going to find all these musicians in there playing music it's a signal we're mm -hmm. picking up the signal of a soul frequency and bringing it through this unique expression in order to experience 3d communicate and learn lessons of evolutionary consciousness evolve this is a accelerated course in evolution of who we are. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it it's funny because it I started channeling Native American ancient language. Then it was during sex and I had this very intense orgasm. And then all of a sudden it was just my body left. They came in 
and I was channeling. And then when I came back, I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> so well, it's like it opened up a vortex. And now my partner is like, you know, they must be bored on the other side. They know when you're going to about to have sex because they're just, okay, she's going to go for it. Let's do this kind of thing. Well, it's more like altered states. Like when you're mm -hmm. having sex, you're not, you're in a kind of, can be a more elevated sense of consciousness, sensuality, and it's about being grounded too. So it's like you're relating to reality differently. It's it's an opening. So I think when you're open on that level, if you allow it, these things come through and it's great. I'd love to hear what you were channeling. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a video. We're just calling out Arcturian names. But, but there's times where I'm with a, another spiritual, you know, like-minded and it, they'll come through because we're in that, I guess that space. Yes. And that's yes. different. So I know the difference when I'm with somebody and then, you know, being with my partner, there's two different things going on here, but it's similar too. And... Well, it's, I would say your Kundalini's awakened and and it has access to higher levels of mind. And um, if you got quiet and went into a meditation, I think they'd come through too and talk to you. I think you could, you know, once the door is open to the higher levels, then you can contact ETs. You can contact who's ever out there that you put your intention on because this neurology, like the frequency of the dial of the radio, you know, has gone from AM to FM or Wi-Fi or whatever the new frequency is. So you're tapped in. Yeah. And I love it. It's an adventure for sure. Well, yeah. Every moment is an adventure when you live by like the moment to moment revelations of the spirit. It, it then ETs, whatever's out there, it all comes through and we're coming through because we're at a moment in time where we need to evolve out of the old ways into some new realities. And out of the old programmings that are so outdated and it doesn't even, it's like, it doesn't even serve us anymore. And it's, yeah, it's just outdated. And um, I had Wait. a brain fart. No, uh, it's okay. I just want to say when you made something outdated, you know what's really outdated is our technology. Our technology is run on Newtonian laws of physics. So one of the, I think the second law of thermodynamics says what the energy you put out propels you forward. So it's like we're burning fossil fuel or whatever those things are in order to move our cars our trains our airplanes. And that's only one method of propulsion that Newton discovered 400 years ago. And we're still running our world on something that old. I think it's time we upgraded to a new way of functioning. And Tesla... Nikola Tesla had that vision. I believe he channeled these highly evolved beings. And yes. he, bless his soul, he had pure intentions. 
because he wanted energy to be free for all mankind. However, the rich that wanted to go into the oil industry tried to shut him down. Then you got the FBI. Well, that's still happening now, right? Don't you think these, whatever's coming here, they're not filling up their gas tanks to get here across the galaxy or wherever they're coming from. There's a technology that the government has, I'm pretty sure, and they're not telling us because, you know, the government's run by oil companies that pay politicians that support their political campaign. So we're in the same state until somebody or some people stand up and say, we want the truth and we want it now, you know? And even with the disclosure that recently came out, it was just, what, for a few moments and that was it? They didn't go into detail. They didn't go into, you know, and the strife between the organizations of, oh, no, I'm not going to share my information with you. Instead of looking at a different perspective of, okay, let's all get together and have a mastermind of what you got and see if we can come up with a an idea of what is truly going on. Why are they, you know, coming in at this point of time and okay, they're over in this area and you see them flying over the ocean and whatnot. It's, it's just working together and, and you can find and understand more instead of being divided and separated and yeah. going under ego, come on now. It's it's human um, power structures, right? Um, so that's what my book deals with. It's who are we really as human beings? What is our potential? What has been repressed? Well, I mean, I teach remote viewing and I know... Our consciousness is non-local. You could close your eyes and tune into anyone, anywhere on the planet, if you got out of the way enough. If the personality, the KC personality, just got out of the way, your universal awareness, you that's who you are, your cosmic awareness. That's who we all are. But you know, by the time you're four or five years old, we're taught to disconnect from that larger mind and develop a personality that likes and dislikes. And, and we learn to count, you know, one, two, three, and we learn to read ABC and we learn language. There's nothing wrong with all that. That's good to learn all that, but we have to realize that's not the real universe language. You look at a tree and you say, Oh yeah, that's a tree. And you miss the being that is there. There's a being there. That's not a tree. You can call it a tree, but it is a being. So if we can separate from language or identification or naming, you know, like the Tao says, the Tao that can be named is not the true Tao. That's the ancient Chinese um, uh, script. If we can be with something without naming it, then you are aware of the multidimensional aspects of that particular thing's reality. 
because as soon as you name it, you put it into a box and you say, I know what that is. I mean, it's like UFOs, like people say, oh, yeah, that's a UFO, meaning they've identified it as unidentified, which is just doublespeak. Oh, yeah, that's an unidentified. I'm, I'm identifying that as unidentified. I mean, what does that mean? It is kind of crazy. So essentially, I'm saying we don't know anything. We just think we do. Right. And what inspired making contact? That's a great story. Yes. Thank you for asking that. Well, the book is a collection of essays by 12 of the best people in the field who have been researching this, this subject and telling the, talking about their research, like Nick Pope, who worked for the Ministry of Defense uh, in Britain, Linda Moulton Howe, Whitley Strieber. I got an unpublished essay from John Mack, if you know who he was. He was a Harvard psychiatrist who started to say this stuff. Well, he started out by saying this is just insane, people saying they've been abducted by aliens, until he started to talk to people, hundreds of them, all who didn't know each other with a very similar story and said, you know, these people are not crazy. So maybe... They're either suffering from some particular psychosis or they're having an experience that's outside of his level of awareness. So he went with the second one and said, I think there's something to this. And just because it's not his experience doesn't mean it's not your experience, right? I can't qualify. If you told me you had this incredible thing happened to you, like channeling through these beings and orgasm. I couldn't argue with that. No, that's your experience. I wouldn't want to argue with it. But no, um, it's an experience. I Whatever people's experiences are, they may be delusional. But for the most part, people aren't delusional. Yeah, you occasionally meet a few people. But most people are pretty grounded saying they know what the, there was a movie out by James Fox called I Know What I Saw, talking to people who've seen UFOs. Well, people know what they see. You know, they know that they're having a strange dream experience. They know they've encountered something in their dream state or in reality that's outside the normal realms of perception. So we have to kind of go outside the normal realms of perception and um, realize that what we've been taught to perceive, as William Blake says, if the doors of perception were open, we'd see things as they are infinite. But we've locked ourselves into this little narrow place of understanding. So what I'm saying is get rid of definitions, open up to a bigger reality and know that you are multidimensional beings with access to forever. That's sort of. I love how you just said that. That's, that's sort of the moral of the book. But, um, and so I put it together because each chapter goes deeper and deeper into the self. This is not so much about ETs, it's more about who we are. We're not separate from the cosmos. The cosmos is us. It's not out there. This, you know, the earth is not this like one little thing and every all of space is out there. The earth is in a huge field of, of a cosmic environment. And we're graduating as awakening to the fact that there's more 
to um, to this extended environment than we had thought. Uh, so, you know, you're there, you're, there's the weather outside, there's space, there's sky, there's, and then beyond. And we're affected actually even by the sun's radiation. Every day I look at suspicious observers saying, well, the radiation on the sun are solar flares and this is how we're being. And, you know, there's a cosmos out there. You know what, 2012, you remember the big thing about the Mayan calendar, mm-hmm. 2012, the end of time. Well, that was all about the Mayans were able to observe the galaxy, not just the solar system, but the whole galactic field we're in. And 2012 was a way of reminding us that we're part of a galactic field. You know, all we learn in school are the nine planets or whatever they are in the sun. And yes, there's this thing out there, but no, we have relationships as a solar system to other planetary systems that influence us, not just astrologically, but gravitationally, energetically, positive radiation that mutates um, plants and animals for the better. When you get a blast of solar radiation or, or central sun radiation from the, this release from the center of the galaxy that comes out and, affects living organisms. There's an upgrade to the genetic um, pool because it's able to mutate easier easier with the effect of solar and cosmic and gamma ray radiation. This is my theory of evolution anyway. So things are, are stable and then boom, there's a blast and things, things change and things keep evolving and you get a hundred different types of beetles, uh, you know, little bugs, and because they're the easiest to mutate. So, I'm just saying this that the 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 field of the cosmos is impacting us every moment, and we've only been taught that you know, well, there's the sun, but there's so much more. I I, I believe that. In, in what you're saying, there is so much more. And then I, I question, well, you know, I've seen like videos and, um, and from what I've seen, which is something I can't even identify in the sky, two different forms. What did you see? Like what? Well, when I was a teenager, I got up in the middle of the night because I had to go to the bathroom. You know, who doesn't do that? But then as I was walking back, I had, you know, my window and I just happened to look up at the sky. And all of a sudden it looked like a yellow gold pencil in the sky. It was shining bright and it just stopped like a dime. And I just looked at like, well, wow, that's interesting. That's not a, a plane. That's not a delta. That sh- and then it just shot up forward and stopped. And I'm like, that's not a helicopter. And then it came back again and stopped. I'm like, that's not a jet either. And then by the time I went, that's uh, it took off and disappeared. Right. Exactly. It's And then recently, I just, we were out, me and my partner were outside and we've been watching ancient aliens and, you know, I've been talking to him about what he knows about and understand about, you know, the UFOs and all that stuff and Bigfoot. He's all into yeah. the Bigfoot thing. 
Well, so I think I that's like, well, true. I think there's something to both vote, right? Yes. So I just started talking to him and I just went to ask him another question. And then all of a sudden, this thing appears out of nowhere, not moving or anything, just appears out of nowhere and shoots outward. And I just looked at and I went, oh, duh, duh, duh. And it disappeared. I'm like, that wasn't an asteroid. That wasn't a meteor. That wasn't a shooting star because they go from an opposite direction from what I just saw. And it was a bright white light. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're seeing stuff. You're calling them in because of the level of conscious. That is, yes, don't doubt yourself. That's something appearing to you because they know, I think, when they're being looked at. So, you know, I'm looking forward to having an experience with them. I have so many questions to ask them. What would you and ask? The thing is, is what? if there were different forms of them, well, how many other what you want to call extraterrestrial beings are there? Are there many different races of them, just like there are uh, different races? Many, of many, so many, so many. Like, I say every star has a bunch of planets and I think on a lot of planets there are civilizations and and they found out that DNA appears, I'm just saying appears to be older than the earth itself. There's some innate coming together of that molecule of DNA, the building blocks of life that perhaps is some kind of universal currency of life. Uh, or maybe it's different in other places, but it seems like it is older. And um, maybe we're all related to the DNA molecule. And um, why wouldn't there? I mean, look how grass grows between the sidewalks. Why wouldn't life be an emergent property of creation? Why? I mean, whoever, who said it, we were a freak of nature? Who, who proved that? Who decided that? Like life is only on earth it's like seeing it's like picturing yourself on the island on some island in the ocean thinking oh this is all that exists well this is definitely not all that exists we're being visited we've been visited we've been upgraded our dna has been i think fine-tuned to other levels i mean we're different than all the animals on this earth right mm-hmm what I mean, we build houses, we make art, we cook food, we have songs and dance. I mean, maybe a few other thing species do that, but we are very strange compared to the rest of these. So we're from someplace else. Our consciousness. We're in these animal bodies, like welcome to the animal. <laughs> and, and our job is to not be the animal, but tame the animal with a higher consciousness that will allow us to do greater things than animals do just for on a soul level. Okay. I mean, you know, it's okay. Animals are great. They're beautiful. They're loving and they're special, but we're here for something else. And I'm not sure I know what it is, but it, it's not just what they say. The four F's, you know, is what animal feeding, fleeing, fighting, and having sex. Those are four Fs. But um, we're, here to do <laughs> we're here for more. We're here for creation, being creative, creators. I mean, all that is great, you know? I mean, having a family and 
having relationships and of course surviving. We need to survive and make our way in the world. But beyond all that, I think the ultimate destiny is creativity. And that's, you know, impressive that you say creativity. Yeah. And from my understanding, it's, you know, we are all gods and goddesses, these divine, you know, spiritual essence inside, like spiritual beings inside of a human being to experience life with. Right. To constantly create, to make things better than the generations before. Right. We're these, but we're, if we're gods and, and divine goddesses and all that, the, those, the purpose of those beings was to manifest creation, right? Mm-hmm. So by emulating or becoming, we add to creation by creating art and music, song, story, you know, whatever it is, is that your chosen expression that's the purpose of incarnation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's doing the show for you and expressing and speaking. That might be your creative passion, which is it why is. you're here. It gives you satisfaction on a soul level. Uh, for me, it's about discovering the unknown. That's why I wrote this book, because I wanted to make sense of what doesn't make sense. You know, there's always more to reality. That's why I call my cable show new realities because I knew that um, reality is not what it used to be. Um, and it never was, never will be. It's, it's changing and people are evolving and thought form realities are shifting and we're always moving into something new. So it's always a new reality and um, we have to keep moving with the movement that moves. And, you know, it's, isn't it like we create our own reality? First, it becomes with thought, then emotion, energy in motion, and then we act. And if you do that repetitiously enough, it becomes your personality. Right. And then your personal reality. Right. And if you don't like that reality, you can change that. But you have to up here most people don't even know they create their reality reality i mean what you're talking about is joe Dispenza's work right did you ever study yeah i do study him he's one of my mentors he's great no joe is great i knew joe for 20 years before he even became like a world teacher you know so i saw him at the rantha school in yelm washington he was in the school he was started i mean he maybe was teaching before that but he would start out, you know, saying hello geniuses. And, you know, he was already talking about that stuff before what the bleep and all that happened. So um, most people don't know they create their reality. And because they don't know that a reality is created for them, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. the default position. You don't create your reality. One is created for you. So we have to wake people up and because the reality about ETs is that we've been taught to be afraid of these things, but what is there to be afraid of? If you don't know something, how could you be afraid of the unknown? You're just projecting the known onto the unknown. 
So when something is really unknown, I think it's wondrous, marvelous, fantastic. Ultimate possibilities are, are in view when you tap into the unknown. Instead of projecting what your fears or people's fears of just what they know, I wrote a book about the unknown, making known the unknown, mm-hmm. which is what uh, Ramtha used to say at the school I was at with uh, Joe Dispenza. We're here to make known the unknown, tap into the new realities and move along as we evolve with the ongoing nature of, of moment to moment existence. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm just like in awe right now. <laughs> well, you're taking it in. And when you take it in, new ideas happen and thoughts change and realities unfold. And we have a chance to wake up to something beyond ourselves. Which yes. Is- and with um, Dr. Joe Dispenza and some of his teachings and, and the things that I just, it's like when I hear truth, and see truth, I feel it. Yes. Yes. Like Good. deep within, I feel it. It's like electricity going through my body. And then I came across this this good book called The Celestine Prophecy. Oh, yeah. I love that. James Redfield. I've interviewed him. He's a beautiful being. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I loved. I even watched the movie. And I'm such a visual person, so the I'm always... It was a little to... difficult for me, but the book had some very key concepts. Yes, about energy. We're all energies. We all have synchronization moments where we are guided inwardly to, oh, go to this cafe, uh, wait uh, over right. here. And, right. you know, because there's a message waiting for you to share with somebody... And that person to share a message with you to help you along your path. Right. No, this is this is what we're um, awakening to, these levels of consciousness. This is really why I think the ETs are here, because they know we're ready for something completely different. Now for something completely different. Monty Python. It, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's, you know, the more people awakening... It, it, it will come to a point where, yeah. And then I question, well, how, how are you going to go do it like telepathy? Like how you channel with us? Like those that are really That's part of it. Yes. Yes. They want to do it. Tele- telepathy is a higher language of thought. Mm-hmm. It's thought to thought communication. We don't need the words really. I mean, the words are kind of, um, ways of understanding but when we're talking to each other you're understanding something beyond the words you're mm-hmm. understanding thought to thought that's the key so that's where we're going to that's that's and, and language um solidifies like i said before kind of um puts the world in categories and how these ets speak they're they're in a way beyond language the their 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 thoughts taken many levels at once it's like quantum physics you know when you collapse the wave function you say this is what something is this is my thesis about ets and quantum physics so they travel here not through um linear 
Newtonian mechanistic means, but using quantum physics principles of superposition, uh, entanglement, wave particle, duality, um, and not collapsing the wave function so they can be in many places at once because they're quantum in their scope of aware. They know that they're quantum, so they can appear here and there and pop in and out of our reality, but we don't know how they do it because we're so 3D linear. And I think when we realize we're multidimensional, then we'll be able to tap into a technology that's multidimensional. And speaking of the the language, I ha I finally met like when I started, you know, experiencing this. I went to my spiritual mentor, and she, through you know, being together and you know, just going through the experience and sharing my experience of what I was going through with her, she has now started to translate their the, the language to where we can understand it. And she's like, Kim, it goes so fast that it takes me, you know, because it's the frequency. Yeah. And try to relate and translate it. It's yes. totally different. And I understand that because I'm just getting bits and pieces of what they're saying because it comes in and me channeling. It's. Like I'm getting hit and I'm just speaking the words, but I don't have time to even translate it because it's coming That's in. Okay. You don't have to translate it. You're getting the frequencies, but you could translate it for your mind, but you don't need to because it's being encoded. Mm -hmm. So It's fascinating. I find them just fascinating beings to, and I look forward to having my experiences with them. I just, it's going to happen. I know it. Yeah, well, it will happen as it, it, they, they tune to people's frequency. If you can maintain that frequency and not be freaked out when they show up, they're going to show. They are going to show up for you. I haven't, and and it's funny because I'm, I'm not fearing. You know, I don't fear it anymore. I just, I'm always been curious, so I never was afraid of them. But it's sort of like. You know, the movies with, you know, aliens and predator and whatnot. I'm like, why would you want to create something and put fear in what these other beings, which I don't feel that they don't look like that. And right. I don't think they really do that, you know, and then you had Transformers come out. And, you know, my favorite movie was uh, E.T., Uh, you 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 went mute. Oh wait, hold up. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like, "What? Your mouth is moving, but I don't hear a word." <laughs> no, all those things I think are preparing us for these next level of reality, and it's a couple of hundred years of moving out of this old Newtonian mechanism. The industrial age was great; it brought us a lot of conveniences. It um, also destroyed the planet. Unfortunately, it was one of the awful side effects of the industrial age, but we can hopefully turn that around, change our technology, still live more comfortably than we did, you know, 400, 400, 500 years ago. We can develop another level of quantum, higher frequency light technologies, 
we can open up our brains and minds and consciousness to this new vibration. And when we do that, the new, the new systems of operation come in. It's like upgrading your computer. It's mm -hmm. like we're in an upgrade. I think that's what these last two years were about. It was about emptying the junk, mm -hmm. um, taking out the trash and getting ready for the upgrade, which we're in, you know? Right. It's like getting rid of the old and making space for the new. You know, you can't stay like most of us have been living in the past each and every day, like Dr. Joe Dispenza. You know, you right. become like a robot. And I think that's been a program for way too long. And now yes. people are, are, I'm seeing that they're starting to wake up. They're like, realize like this is more, there is more to life than just this. Exactly. Exactly. No, get the book. I think you'll enjoy it because it's really fun. And um, after you read it, let's do another conversation. Okay. I definitely will. I'm ordering it this weekend. So Good. I just so look forward to reading and I love meeting people like you that um, experience extraordinary things and then doing what you do. Thank you so much. Everyone experiences extraordinary things. I don't think we're different. I mean, maybe make ourselves more available, but I think if you ask people, there's always something extraordinary in their lives. Well, I thank you for creating the book, meeting the fascinating people that you've met. Yes. And definitely I will be in contact with you and we'll talk more about your book and whatever flows. And people can get the book at, this is the book, on Amazon, Making Contact by Alan Steinfeld, collection of essays, Linda Moulton Howe, Whitley Strieber, John Mack, Daryl Anka. And um, also check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash new realities. Thank you, Casey. It's going to be in the description notes. So they have it. E just click away to connect with you. But thanks for being so open yourself and, you know, asking and tuning into those realities. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, Aww, you. thank you. I'll see you. Where, where are you posting this? I'm going to, it's going to be posted on, on YouTube and on my podcast that is on every platform great. wake up with kc great great where are you located i'm in south florida oh where uh I'm palm beach gardens oh i'm going down there for an expo in look up the new life expo in january yes come down to the new life expo oh yes new life there'll be, be some great people there i definitely i look forward to meeting you and then you can autograph the book for me. Yes, yes, yes. New Life Expo. I think it's at the Boca, the Boca Double Tree around there, Deerfield Boca. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, Casey. Uh, thank you, Alan. You have a wonderful rest of your week. I will. I will. Okay. Should I just leave? No, nope, just... I gotcha. Okay. I'm leaving. Okay. Well, there you go. Making contact with Alan Steinfeld. Make sure you get his book. And like I said, you never know 
who I'm going to have on my show. So you got to stay tuned to Wake Up with KC. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. 